0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one rich page of Talmud every day. And on today's page, can you hear those cash registers singing? Because we are talking about cash money, or more specifically, the very awkward question of what does money mean in a marriage? Have a listen. The Gemara provides the source for the opinion of Rabbi Yehudah. As it is taught in a baraita that Rabbi Uda says, a person brings the offering of a rich man on behalf of his wife. If a wife is obligated to bring an offering that is different, depending on whether she is wealthy or poor, example, the offering of a childbearing woman, then even if she herself does not own enough to be considered wealthy, if her husband can afford it, he must bring the offering of a rich person on her behalf. Imagine a woman who doesn't have that much property. If she's married to a wealthy individual, the rabbis tell us, well, that person must bring a rich man's offering on her behalf. I am baffled by this instruction on uh, shared finances in marriages, and so I would like to welcome back to the show our marriage and finance expert, (laughs) <laughs> Stephanie Butnick, hello.
1: It is great to be back. I am an expert in no such thing, um, but I'm here to work through these thorny issues with you and your listeners. Now, tell us. First of all,
0: I think there is a fundamental discomfort in the heart of this page because the rabbis acknowledge that though when two people are married, they then you know often share all of their property, sometimes there are tensions. There are differences in attitudes about money. Uh, Some people like to keep assets separate. Some people have prenups. The rabbis know all this and therefore give us this warning lesson that says, look, yes, you may have your separate things, but ultimately you're sort of beholden to each other financially. As an expert, I insist. uh, How does that make you feel?
1: You know it's interesting and it's it's clear to me as is on so many of these of these episodes how long we've been dealing with these same issues, right? These like <laughs> these truly quotidian issues of like the money and the what the bank account and the this and the that and it's like it's not new and I think that that sort of gives me hope. Um so, you know, Ben and I were sort of, like, late to do things. We both had our own health care for a while. We never sat down and said, like, who should we be on? Like, we just sort of, like, we are inertia people, um, which is, it works for us. But, you know, I think we both had our our separate, obviously, like, accounts that we came to the marriage in, right? Like, my, this is my checking. This is whatever. And then we started a new one when we, when we got married. And then we have sort of, like, our shared account. And as we've amassed not things but bills, um, we've sort of consolidated that more and more as sort of our, our expenses and our responsibilities have grown. And so we've sort of like, we're merging into one, but I will say I still have my own checking account <laughs> um, and I've like never gotten rid of it. And I feel like in some crazy way that I could just put it all, like it's the same, right? Like it still goes to pay for things that are both of ours um, or whatever, but... For me, there's something psychically important about keeping that. And I'm here to tell you and all your listeners today.
0: I think Rabi Yehuda, the Susie Orman of his day, uh, as I'm sure he would be delighted to to be known, uh, kind of <laughs> understands that, right? Kind of understands that there is a, a merit and a charm and an, a, a deep emotional satisfaction about having your own kind of slice of financial independence in a marriage. And, uh, you know, the Talmud is filled with examples in which a woman does get to keep even in this patriarchal society her own stuff but then at the end you know what a charming ending of saying yeah man but if but if the husband does have the money he can say well you know my wife's poor so here's a meager offering for her
1: you know I have heard this referred to as panty drawer money um that is a thing that I've heard which is like women sort of like not squirrel I mean it depends right we're, we're I'm very lucky that I that I live in a world where I can like have my own bank accounts right which for women was not actually all too long ago, that was not allowed, right? You couldn't just like, you couldn't open an account. So I feel like there might be people listening who would be like, you're so lucky, right? And I should, I should acknowledge that. And I think that, you know, the fact that I work outside the home, I mean, it's kind of an amazing place to be in, right? Where I can say like my husband and I are both working, we both contribute pretty equally to our family, to our nest egg or whatever it is, whatever it's called. Um, And I think that just acknowledging that is important. And I, I think this phrase panty drawer money is like so funny, right? Because it's like, you have some cash on the side for you, right? You don't know what's going to you don't know what's going to happen, or you just want something to spend on yourself. And I think that, like, I think that no matter how joined you are, I mean, what you're saying is right. Like, marriage is a legal contract, right? And so, this idea that a man can't pretend his wife is poor—I mean, there's all sorts of just weird permutations of like when this comes out, and yeah.
0: Amen, Salah, Rabbi Yehuda, we've done you proud, Stephanie Butnick. Thank you so much for being
1: our guest. Now let's make it rain.